again and super excited for um, my next guest here on Camera Ready, which is going to be my dear friend and mentor, Robert Black. And uh, it's very interesting. He and I have quite a long story uh, together, so I'm very happy to have him here so we can chat. I'm excited to be here, Cherie. This is fun. We have lots of stories to tell. Yes, we do. It's been quite a quite a journey. And in my, my first episode, I talked a lot about how you and I came to know each other from the very beginning and what that looked like, how that really played such an integral role in my life as a young model and um, evolving and interning here through college and, you know, obviously going on then to buy the agency. But seems as though we met when I was probably like 12 and I'm going to be 42 so that would be 30 years which is a long relationship to have. It's a very long relationship <laughs> and I'm going to say you were 12 and I remember the day you and your mom came in and sat in my office yeah um, and we met so it's been a it's been very fun so um how how did you get into the industry I know there's a whole facade around Robert Black and you know when I talk to people they're like is he still around or alive or whatever and I think there was this stigma of who you are and were and all of that so let's hear how you how you got started so I will try to condense the story as much as possible here um, high school took a class called stagecraft got me interested in the behind the scenes of the theater department um, and the actors never wanted to be an actor but I enjoyed the behind the scenes uh, went to ASU um, it was the disco era, so there was a lot of dance clubs, and at 18 you could go in. And um, a friend of mine, Quentin Jenkins, was uh, producing runway shows. Of course he was. In, I remember in Quentin. nightclubs. And so I was hired by him to do these shows. And so I started doing some little modeling gigs here and there. And um, through that, I met Marsha Fine. And Marsha Fine was opening up a modeling school. And back in those days, and this was the late 70s, modeling schools were really the only way you could find talent and you could find work as a model or an actor. It was somehow affiliated, mm -hmm. and particularly in this town. So <clears throat> I met her. She hired me to do her opening night. And she asked um, if I wanted to be hired as her receptionist. And I said, sure. I was in college. I was trying to make money any way I could. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So I became the receptionist and kind of the gopher kind of person. And, um, and how old were you then? I was 18, okay. maybe 19. Yep. And um, within a couple of years, she decided that we should have an agency because we were getting so many requests from clients. Having a modeling school, do you have an agency? So um, she opened up the agency. I became a partner in that and I became an agent. So I went from receptionist to gopher to agent. And <laughs> very quickly. Then, very quickly, and <laughs> then I bought it from her. And that's what became a Robert and, Black agency. And how old were you then? 20. Yeah, huh, 20. Yeah, yeah. And that became- Maybe 21. And I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, mm -hmm. quite honestly, you know, it's, it's um, trial and error, so much of it. But I had a passion, I had a real interest in the um, again the behind the scenes of this particular industry mm -hmm. fascinated me so it, yeah. it was relatively easy in some ways and so again I mentioned in my my first um, episode 
I had never looked at a profit and loss statement. I had never like hired and fired people. I had never, you know, worked on like budgeting, you know, for a business, all of those kind of things. And similar, it sounds similar to you. You kind of got thrown into all of that. Like, okay, I'm opening this agency. It's going to be glamorous and fabulous, but really, yeah. it, <laughs> you um, start it, open. And... Yeah, it, it was really interesting. It's um, Marsha and I calculated really how we did it because we looked at the marketplace. Um, and we were savvy enough to know that here, in, in that period of time, <clears throat> every model was blonde and blue-eyed and very all-American. And so for us to try to get a name, one of the things that we really strive for from the beginning was the very ethnic look, a very androgynous look. We wanted very unusual-looking models. Sure. And the good news is the forecast was positive because that became the trend within the industry but for us it was how do we make ourselves look different mm -hmm. we had girls with really short bobbed hair we had you know just we redheads fiery redheads and things mm -hmm. like that which we didn't see anywhere else in the market so it was really trying for us first what is the look that we're going to create here in the agency and then just kind of developed it from there but we had really no idea right yeah. and so that became more did marcia go uh, Marcia continued with the school. The school eventually became part of the John Casablanca system, and John Casablanca was the owner of Elite, and I was still with the company at that time. Got it. Um, very exciting time, and I think one of the one of the blessings in my life, as far as I'm concerned, was that I was able to start the business and run the business during the time period of the supermodel, mm -hmm. because there truly was no other time like it. Mm -hmm. And and not that today, today's very different, but not that it's better or worse, but I will tell you during that period of time, it, it was just truly amazing and exciting in the industry. Yes, very much so. I read a book um, that uh, an agent in London uh, wrote, Carol White, and she mm -hmm. has premiere in London, and she speaks very highly of the supermodel era and what that was like and the demand and the rates and the excitement and just the overall um, glamour around yeah. all of it where today it's a lot different um, but that that part was it was exciting it was very exciting and it was very personal in that period of time too and and you know we didn't have the technology I mean when I started literally m Many people listening to this are not going to even know what I mean when I say we started with a telex machine. Mm -hmm. That's how we communicated with Europe. We had agents that came in in morning shifts so that they could deal with the East Coast and they could deal with um, the European clients. Um, so it was a very different time, but it was very personal. You know, you dealt one-on-one -on -one with, with models, with moms, with actors, with agents, with clients. It was, mm -hmm. it, it was just a very different time. Mm -hmm. So you named the agency Robert Black Agency, and I think as we see in a lot of those um, iconic agencies still that are today, they're named after, they, they take their name. Mm -hmm. You think about Kim Dawson and Nancy Campbell and Ford and Wilhelmina, and so um, to this day, still 30 some odd years later, your name is still part of it, and it was something I think that so many people said, you know, you created such a path for people here in Arizona, which was not... It wasn't a primary market. It still isn't, no. um, but it was. You put so many people on the map, and I think, in especially in this market where it became kind of like, oh yes, I know Robert, you know, kind of thing we were talking about. Sure. And um, one of the stories you had mentioned was, you know, you set off to to Europe, mm -hmm. and you were introducing yourself. Oh gosh, so many stories <laughs> regarding that. But with the name, one thing that I have to give. Um, the credit to it, it was not my decision. It was a business decision by my attorney. 
um, that one of the very first meetings I sat down with him and, and you know I had all these really cool trendy names of course uh, yeah. lined up as we were doing the paperwork for um, creating the agency once I had acquired it from Marsha um, and he it was his decision and he was quite adamant about it and I'm actually glad that I took that advice mm-hmm. um, I it was not my idea, but mm-hmm. it worked. It, Absolutely. At least it seemed to work. Absolutely. And I think <clears> that uh, if you had a different name, if it was tough to say or d- not, you know, catchy, I think it, sure. it works very well, obviously, and it's become yeah. its own own brand. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Europe. Yeah. So, you know, we're in Arizona. We're, we're, we're Scottsdale wasn't Scottsdale back then. It was a nice city, but it wasn't. It wasn't certainly on the map in any way. So I thought to myself, how do I get people to know who I am? Again, we didn't have the technology we have today. So I had to physically go. So it, I, I did go to Europe. However, I started by going to New York. I started by going to LA actually first. And one of my horror stories of LA is a company you, is I know dear to your heart, it's mm-hmm. LA Models mm-hmm. and LA Talent. And they've been around forever and the ownership is fantastic. The agents are fantastic. Um, <clears throat> so I walked in green, so green, I can't even tell you how green I was. And to the, um, I think it was Tom Hahn, who was the agency director at the time. And I reached my hand across his desk to shake it, and I knocked his Rolodex off the desk. And the Rolodex was our Bible for everyone's name and phone numbers. Sure. It went everywhere all over the floor and I was like oh this You're is like I'm Robert this Black is from Arizona. a nightmare um, but I ended up having an incredible relationship with with LA models and with Tom from LA I decided let me go to Europe so when I went to Europe I chose the city so I went to Milan and to Paris and I went to Munich and Hamburg and all these different crazy places and I would have to literally carry a suitcase with all the portfolios of the models to try to sell the models. I was like a traveling salesman. And yes, was I having fun? Absolutely, because I was in Europe and this was was a great experience, but I was also traveling alone with all this stuff. And I would just make an appointment and walk in and meet people. And they were always so shocked when I said I was from Arizona because they didn't really even know what that meant or that there was any kind of an, an industry. And then I would start to show them the models books and I'd show them the composite cards that we had and they would get interested and in they would you know, take a chance on somebody and that's really how we built that um, reputation. Mm-hmm. I didn't know not to do it. That's the only way I could figure right. out how to do that business. Sure. Um, and that is what helped us establish then those relationships that I know you still have today right. um, with so many of those agencies that are still around today. And it's something I think that's so important now how much the U.S. has become such a primary market where then things were happening in L.A. and New York, not really anywhere else. I mean, yeah. those were kind of the two, you know, um, <clears throat> coastal cities. But Europe then was very important for a model's career. It oh, was, it was very, mandatory. It was yes, and, and now so much, it isn't so. Yeah. If you're doing the shows or you're you know sure. traveling in that capacity, but there you would go and like stay sure. for months at a time, and it was very important for the for the model's books yeah. for learning how to you know shoot catalog. I mean, really all of that where you might not get the opportunity to do that in the states. Sure, and one of the reasons that I also went is. I wasn't comfortable sending models, knowing that I was going to have to do it, and I'm going to be sending some very young people overseas, unless I actually knew what it was. And that wasn't my path in life. I had never been a model that had worked overseas, so sure. I needed to go understand what do agencies look like? What do the pensiones look like in Milan? Um, what are the clients like? You know, How do they get around? Mm-hmm. So that I could at least help guide, um, as an agent, um, these young kids and talk to their parents 
about why we're sending them over there. And ultimately, from a business perspective, it was for us to build our brand as a company and to make money. Because mm -hmm. if I could get the models over there working, when they came back here, we all made more money. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and I remember that I spoke about it as well. But um, the facade and the idea of working in Europe for somebody, and when you come back to the States and you say, oh, I've just spent X mm -hmm. amount of time in Spain, or I've been in Milan, or whatever, yeah. it ups the ante for everybody. It's oh. like, oh, wow, okay, you're not yeah. just in Arizona. And, yeah. and we still say that today. Like, you're never going to be as successful as you could be if you only stayed here in Arizona. Nope. Like you have to get out of this market. Um, you you and, have to. And I think there's growth on so many levels when you do that. Mm -hmm. you, you grow as a person, not only in your career and your business, but you really grow as a person when you start to see what it's like. And there's amazingly great stories and amazingly bad stories as life is. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's all what you do with it as well when you, when you take off. Mm -hmm. So you're plugging along as the Robert Black Agency and uh, was there times during that that portion that you figured like okay I'm I'm getting this I've I've kind of arrived or I'm people are starting to notice us Yeah I think I think I did because we had um a lot of working working models and that was fun and a lot of success stories and and um we were becoming well known in the southwest for producing really good models and um talent mm -hmm. um primarily the model and the fashion side so you know, but the thing of it is, as you know, it was a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job. Mm -hmm. So there was so much going on, and it was the heyday of the business that there was no downtime. You right. know, you lived it, you breathed it, it really consumed every moment. Mm -hmm. And the good news is I loved it, so sure. it wasn't a negative to me. Um, but it was all-consuming, so you really didn't have time to think about what am I doing? <laughs> where, what am I doing and where am I now and what's going on? It was sure. really just how do you build this company up and keep the brand going. And we didn't even call it a brand then. Right. Um, but just get people work. Mm -hmm. And I recall, um, let's just say, you know, you and I meeting. Mm -hmm. um, I was probably 12. So I was born in 78. So this was 1990, let's just say. Probably. And... Uh, it was the Robert Black Agency when I came yeah. in to meet you with my mom. And I do remember it very vividly, actually, myself, because it was like, okay, this is like the real thing. This is the big deal. Um, and, you know, we went in and and you said, okay, well, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, blah, blah, blah. I was 12. I was probably 5'10 at the time and braces. And, you know, the girls, like I was talking, telling Adam about this yesterday, <clears throat> the girls that you look out for development. Okay, she's tall enough. She's, you know, got the right bone structure. Let's hope I had braces. We don't know what that's going to look like afterwards. All those things like as a somebody who's scouting for somebody, there's only a few things you kind of really look for in the very beginning, you know, height, kind of body type, bone structure. Sure. Um, and then you hope it plays out from 12 to maybe 16. Okay, you know. Yeah. And uh and so when you had asked me, you know, well, Sheree, what do you want to what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? And then, you know, I said, well, I I want to own a modeling agency. Mm -hmm. And my mom's like, oh dear, this is not oh dear, this is not what you say to somebody, you know? I don't know, but I just said it, and I was like, I felt like I had like I came in and I had like arrived. And I mean, at twelve, you're like so awkward, and you don't know what what you're doing, you know. And I remember getting back in the car, and I was like, how did I do? And my mom's like, well, I don't know. We'll have to wait in here, you know. And yeah. but. Um, 
kind of an interesting meeting. It was an interesting meeting. And, you know, one thing that was always important to me at any age um, was to sit and talk to the person coming in. Parents always should be there and should have been a part of that experience and the process. However, I wasn't talking to the parents. I wanted to talk to the talent coming in, right. the young, young man or young girl, and, and just see what their personality was like, see what was on their mind, get to know them a little better, mm -hmm. you know, because at such a young age, you were thrown into the world of adults mm -hmm. and having to deal with so many different types of personalities and so many different types of experiences that mine was going to be easy. Meeting me at an agency, which could be a scary experience, was going to be an easy experience and a relaxed experience, and I wanted to kind of get to know. So right. yes, you're right. I asked you that question, and I asked almost everybody that would come in if I was having a personal meeting with them so I could understand who they were, and you shot right back with that answer, and I was like, oh, okay. And you know, <laughs> I think that that also says a lot for your fortitude, but it says a lot for when you know what you want, just do it, mm -hmm. you know, just to do it. Yeah. Find the way to do it. Absolutely. And, and you did. Yeah, and I think that time, you know, probably from 12 to 14, as most teens are awkward and whatnot, um, we didn't do a whole lot. And, mm -hmm. you know, coming up as things started to evolve, you had some changes within the agency and some exciting things that were happening with um, the merger and sure. some of, of those kind of things, which really then elevated Absolutely. Your brand yeah, at that no, time. Absolutely. And so what was happening in the 90s is um, German clients um, were big, big money during that time. And they were primarily catalogs. There was editorial, but there was primarily catalogs, which meant big bucks. And they infiltrated Miami, which is really what created the South Beach Miami modeling industry, yep. were the German clients and then the, foreign, the rest of the foreigners that came with them. Um, they started to come to Arizona. And when they started to make that shift, um, we had some problems here because we didn't have the facilities to help them with their daily work. However, they loved the location and the light and all the good things about location shooting in Arizona. Weather, all of it. All of yep. it. So it was really a positive experience. So first couple of years, we would cast kids catalogs from Germany and we'd get occasional adults on it. Um, but it became more and more serious for us, and agencies were now looking at Arizona as a place to be. So we were approached by three major companies that I worked with and mm -hmm. out of New York. So they came to see me. I went to see them. Um, I went to see them in L.A. I went to see them in New York. I went to see them in Miami because, again, it's the thing about traveling. I wanted to see who they were. Right. And the company that I felt offered the most to me personally from who they were as well as the deal that we were gonna we were gonna strike because um, I was not gonna give up my company I was not gonna be taken over was Ford and you know uh, Eileen Ford really is responsible for giving most of us our jobs yep. today in this industry man yep. or woman and I really respected her and I have to tell you this story because it's so damn funny um, I go to New York I'm having the meetings it's now narrowed down it's just gonna be Ford and now I'm going to meet the Ford family and I'm going to meet those players. I've met all the other business people, but now I'm going to meet them. So there's one day that I'm in the office in, in New York and we're going to um, go to lunch with Eileen. And so I'm all excited and kind of nervous. And, and all of a sudden, Joey Hunter comes in and he's like, hey, none of us can go. We're all busy. We've got some stuff going on. So you, we're putting you in a car and you're just going to go meet Eileen Ford. And I kind of looked at him and in my mind, was coming up with all kinds of crazy words right because i'm like how could you do this to me this is eileen ford <laughs> right 
I have to go meet her alone. And this is like the epitome of like the godmother of the it industry. It is. It truly yeah. is. And I'm like, and I'm getting in a car, not having any idea where I'm going in New York City. And so off the car went, and I went to some funky little Italian, you know, restaurant that's been there since the Hole turn of the, the century. Wall, yeah. And I walk in, and there was Eileen Ford uh, waiting for me. And so I'm like, oh, God, just don't knock anything off the table. I don't know. What am I going to say? Anyway, I had the best lunch. It was just mm -hmm. so much fun talking to her. And she was an amazing woman. And she was a tough, tough woman. Very much so. Um, yep. But she was generous with me and to me. And um, I survived it and went back to... Uh, Went back to the office and actually, in the end, was very happy that I had the opportunity to just have lunch with her. Speaking of that, I've got a little picture of the three of us. Oh, my God. Jerry, Eileen, and myself in New York yes. for dinner. Um, and I, I was literally, I mean, shaking, thinking like, okay, I'm going to be that person that asks for a picture. And I'm like, Sheree, you better get up there and you better ask for that picture because <laughs> this is it. This is like you, yeah. you're you there. And same, I, I know that same feeling, you oh know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it was exciting. And, and so Ford and, um, and Robert Black Agency uh, came together and created a company that um, would allow them to have a presence um, with this influx of uh, clients from Europe. And... Um, and then history was written. So I loved working with the Ford family. Mm -hmm. I truly did. It was mm -hmm. an honor, and, and they were a great group of people. And primarily in the end, it was with Katie, the daughter, right. that she was running the company mm -hmm. at that time. What were the other agencies that came? Uh, Wilhelmina mm -hmm. and Elite. Okay. So Wilhelmina yeah. at that moment um, was still owned. Wilhelmina wasn't there, but it was still owned by the original parent company, and Elite was John Casablancas, and I knew John Casablancas, so my meetings, right, from your he time pretty much thought it was a shoe-in, um, right. which it could have been, because Elite was an amazing agency at that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the supermodels that they had as well, they were just an unbelievably strong agency. Um, but when I visited everybody, and I went with my gut, because I'm always a believer in going with what your gut feeling is, I just felt that the match really was with the Ford mm -hmm. agency. And so... Yeah. That really put you really on the map. Yeah, it did. everything <laughs> changed at that time, um, and it was it was good and bad. You know, sure. people that I had relationships suddenly cut the relationships off. Um, that weren't like maybe fans of of the absolutely form. okay a absolutely and new um, relationships came into play that were like, well, who's this Robert Black person that they've attached their name to it right. must be worth Absolutely. the time yeah um, so that benefited the company as well and then my life changed personally because I became scout for Ford mm -hmm. and um, and you know the this from back in the day too we used to go to modeling conventions and they were all over the country mm -hmm. and it I was, talked about it <laughs> yeah it was a great way to find new talent and upcoming talent and they weren't scams some were I'm sure but the ones that we dealt with really they're so legitimate and I started to travel, and I did it for almost four years, mm -hmm. where I was in one city every three or four days, back here to manage the business, right. and, and then and gone. And um, it was absolutely exhausting and fun at the same time. Right, and I talked to I, I mentioned that um, you know all the people that you met. And all of those people, I mean, still today, 20 years later, when mm -hmm. I was doing all of those conventions, the people that I still talk to today, Absolutely. and they're maybe at another agency, or they're this, or they're that, sure. but everybody's still in the business. Mm -hmm. And it was the time when, you know, we were all networking amongst ourselves, because you could obviously kind of trade models, kind mm -hmm. of like business cards and sure. things, and and 
but you also could have personal relationship with them outside of the office. You could go get food. You could have a drink. It was you were creating your own relationships, and yeah, I think it, it was a very important time for our business too, well, for and, cultivating those relationships. And you know, it's again, it's how we do that today is is so different, and it's to me at my age and my generation, it's so impersonal mm -hmm. compared to the business deals that we did then. And I could tell you that I did business deals with clients and agents with a handshake. <clears throat> that that lasted for years and worked beautifully. Right. Um, there were contractual obligations as well in many business dealings, mm -hmm. but a lot of it was just in trust, sure. um, loyalty and trust and, and honoring your word. And it's so different now because we, we don't really have the opportunity to look somebody in the eye and get the same mm -hmm. sense when you're talking. Um, so again, that goes back to why I was so fortunate to, to grow up during that period of time. But that's where we did so much business at these conventions. We mm -hmm. absolutely did. Mm -hmm. And you really networked, and you could you really did. you could place somebody with with an agent that you met there, or you follow back up on Monday morning, and hey, you know, I've got these people I want to present to you, and it really did help to open up doors. I miss them. I miss it too. <laughs> no, I miss it too. It's the camaraderie of it, and, uh -huh. and again, the business and and meeting somebody in person. Mm -hmm. It just it's always a different experience. Yeah. Did you, uh, so you're part of this Ford brand now, you've really put yourself on the map. And um, I think as a, a talent with you at that time, I saw it as like an elevation for myself as well. And I'm sure everybody else at that time was like, okay, I'm, you know, we've all become a household name per se under this mm -hmm. umbrella, under this brand. And, uh, but as you said, there's there's goods and bads to that. There's highs and lows. Was there anything that, that in that beginning time that, that was really difficult as far as getting people on board with kind of the change? Or did they think like, oh, Robert isn't gonna be there anymore or somebody's gonna take over or, you know, people think well, that. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's interesting. I can't come up with any real specific instance. The mm -hmm. clients were pretty much behind it. The talent was pretty much behind it. Um, other than some relationships dissolved, right. for the majority of it, it really, really worked in a positive in a positive way. Um, I had to be more conscious of um, the brand because mm -hmm. now it really was becoming a brand. Sure. Um, so for me personally, that was um, fun and exciting, but also that created more work. So we had to have a certain level of of the materials that we had and, and a certain level of the photography. That was the hardest part for us here in Arizona. Right. Um, that we had to, to kind of max out on. Um, but it was all really, for me, a very positive experience. And, you know, in this industry, you deal with um, all different kinds of personalities. And mm -hmm. uh, some of them you handle well, some of them you don't handle so well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, life goes on. I remember walking in after this had all happened, and I saw, um, like, names like Bridget Hall. And she had like a Ford Robert Black comp card. And at the time, at my age, at 16, she was probably my mm -hmm. age-ish. And she was like the becoming the biggest like, you know, name at the time. And I thought, oh boy, this is like the big leagues. But it also allowed you as, as the agency here to have access to those types of models as well. Whether or not an Arizona client was going to book them or not. But you could have them. Yeah. And you had them on your roster. You had them on your board. And it was like, okay. Legitimize. We did. we did, and and we got to talk to them. And mm -hmm. um, I'll back us up just a little bit pre-Ford. Um, there was an agency in Chicago. It was the lead agency. Jane Stewart owned it. And Marie Anderson, dear friend of mine, worked there. She was the president of it, I think, at the time. And I remember the day she goes, hey, Robert, she called me. And she goes, I've got a model in town. And she's there for a catalog, and she's got a boyfriend living out there. She's going to go spend some days with. I want to send her by for you to meet. And I said, OK. 
And um, I said, just let me know when she's coming in. So she called me back and said, okay, she's gonna be there around whatever time. And so she goes, her name's Cindy. And I said, okay. And so in comes Cindy Crawford. Oh. And this is when Cindy Crawford was a name, but not a celebrity name. Sure. Yet. But she in the industry was a name. And, and her boyfriend, I think, lived in Tucson. And she was out here for some kind of a booking. How and fun. Uh, I got to have Cindy Crawford's. So I had Cindy Crawford's cards on the wall for yes. quite some time. Um, and that, again, that was the pre-Ford time because she was elite. However, once we did um, do the affiliation with Ford, we had some amazing talent Absolutely. that we had access to. And that gave our clients access when they never had before. Sure. Um, so they were very excited about that, yeah. too. That, that I remember, like, okay, whoa, we're in the, we've, uh, we've all arrived. Yeah, we have arrived. <laughs> Absolutely, we had arrived. Um, you know, one of the things too is, um, you know, managing, you man, we're managing people, we're managing personalities. We're also, you know, outside of the agency, but you're also managing, um, employees and keeping people motivated mm -hmm. and keeping people with sometimes, you know, you may have a vision. I might have a vision of how we want things or they should be. And then it's getting everybody else on board on those teams. And I think you've always had such a, um, you always had such great people working for you that I remember mm -hmm. and always spoke so highly of you. And that's something that I have <clears throat> taken on of a trait that I want because I want, you were, you were hands-on, you were in it, you were doing it. And, um, you know, you know, you could call you, but you also had great people on the front line. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so, that's really the, the heartbeat of the agency. Oh, it is. It's critical to, um, to any company and, you know, one of my favorite um, people and stories truly that helped the agency grow was Matt, who you still have working mm -hmm. here after all mm -hmm. these years. Um, we had gotten his resume in and we had a very small film and television division. Um, it was limping along at best, um, yep. but we had to have it. And um, the lady that was um, in it at the time uh, was leaving and she was booking the talent. And um, she goes, you know, I got these resumes and I have one here that you might want to look at. And they had come in probably a year before. And it was Matt. And so I went through the resume and we called him in for an interview and we ultimately ended up hiring him, which was obviously an incredibly good, smart choice um, because he's done such an amazing job here. And 23 years later. 23 years later. And he actually developed the TV and film division, in my opinion, mm -hmm. because when he took it on, it was limping along. Mm -hmm. um, so you you want to find those people that have the same passion mm -hmm. and, and truly the same vision. You know, as a business owner, you're always going to ebb and flow and move and change because that's your responsibility. Right. Um, but you hope that you can find those agents, which is why you mentioned earlier, so many of them are still in the business. They mm -hmm. may be with different companies, but sure. they, they have landed somewhere mm -hmm. because they're good people and right. they know what they're doing. Well, and I think a lot of, of us, um, put myself in there, even as when I was an intern, I mean, you had the opportunity to start here in this smaller market, kind of get your feet wet, see if you like this industry, if you um, are good at it, if it's something you want to explore somewhere else. And then you have the people who go off and they move off to LA, they move off to New York, they, you know, wherever it may be. But um, it's been also um, a success story in that respect of really um, turning out some amazing agents. Absolutely. In the industry. Absolutely. We and, and interns. We had mm -hmm. some amazing interns yes. that have gone on to be incredibly successful um, in the business. But it's um 
this has always been a nice place to call home. Mm -hmm. And that's what I enjoyed in my travels, that I always came home. It was a clean city, a safe city, a nice city. It was a little bit more calm than some of the other um, bigger cities that we would travel to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I think also makes it work. Right. You know, right. it makes it work for you and I, but it makes it work in the industry as mm -hmm. well. Very much so. Um, so we'll kind of talk about our story and our evolution mm -hmm. of how I came into play here. Um, so you, you partnered with, with Ford, and this kind of trucked along for a while. That was in 94. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and then, um, so in 99, would, I would have been calling you and saying, hey, Robert, can I come and be an intern for the mm -hmm. summer? I need this for college graduation. And, uh, you know, you said that'd be fine, Sheree, but you can't be on the board and you can't model at the same time. And, you know, I'm like, that's fine. And I just need the school credit. And I want to see if I really actually think they, the industry sure. is what it is. And uh, so I came and I, and I worked there and I sat at the booking tables, you know, the things that we had there. And that was on Miller Road um, over there. And um, interestingly enough, I mean, I sat down and it was like, okay, this is exactly where I want to be right away. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I spent that summer, you know, not necessarily... Um, on the front line as far as dealing with clients or negotiating or any of that but you saw the inside of what happens in the agency as opposed to just being the model that receives the information sure. to go so that part of course intrigued me the most about mm -hmm. all of it um and uh, you know i just kind of sponged off of all of the agents that were there and learned what i could and there was a handful of them we had the runway division and the hispanic division mm -hmm. and the i mean all of the things <laughs> <Absolutely>. that were <laughs> all of the people that were running all of the divisions. And um, I still look back at it and, and going, I got to go with you all, um, I think with Matt, um, to like Pro Scout that mm -hmm. summer. And I was like, okay, I like this. I like this networking, you know. Um, and then when I finished my internship, I said, you know, I'm probably going to try to move after I graduate. And so we had those, remember the Peter Glenn publication mm -hmm. book? Oh, sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would not have if you hadn't mentioned it. And you could look through and it'd yeah. be like all the agencies in New York. And there'd be like this thick thing and it'd have the agency, the, you know, the address, the contact info, um, no email. I mean, no. because no one no. had email. And so it was like, sure, why don't you make some copies of there and you can send your resume out to all these people and see what happens, you you know, so I was like, all right, fine. Um, again, sending them out to 50 plus people, the hard copy resume and see where I land. Um, and ended up in San Francisco and um, was out there for, you know, five years um, or so. And uh, we shared models at the mm -hmm. time. There were people that we kind of then again, our relationship evolved and I was out there and there were models that we shared and you and I kept in very good mm -hmm. contact. Um I would come back and see my mom here and you and I would kind of chit chat and, and catch up and um, it was kind of a nice um, evolution. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I've told the story many a times about saying, you know, coming back to you and asking about buying the agency and um, I don't know what had happened to me that day or what, <laughs> what how I got very confident in myself. Um, but you know, we went to to breakfast at the Quilted Bear, mm -hmm. which I very much so miss the the Quilted Bear. If people who are listening remember it, um, but uh, we ended up going there a couple of times. But yeah, we did. 
we met there and there was a lot going on in the industry in in the industry here locally um regardless you know there was another agency starting and there was a lot of things that were happening at the time mm -hmm. i was a little bit privy to it but not as much as um because i was not here in the market and um I was looking to come back. You know, my mom had taken ill and I was like, eh, San Francisco is so expensive. And, and I loved my time there, no doubt. But, um, you know, it was it was just time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, do I want to come back and um, be an agent? I don't really know. For me, in my mind, it's like, well, I've moved off to the big city and now I'm going to go back home. Like you're moving home to like... Sure you know, go back where you started kind of a thing. And so I was like, well, I'll just ask Robert. Maybe he'll, you know, sell me his company. No big deal, you know? And I'm thinking to myself, like, today, at 26 years old, like, that was pretty ballsy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know what the hell that meant, yeah. to be honest. Um, <laughs> so I left, and my mom's like, great, have a nice time, whatever you're doing. And um, and we sat there, and I remember it very, very vividly, um, and asking you. Sure. And... It was possible of fate and timing and, and all of it, really, in mm -hmm. my mind. Um, but you were like, sure, I think we should talk about it. And I'm like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, what have I done? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and we left and it was just like, OK, what does this mean? What does this look like? And, you know, for me, I, I had no business experience. I had no idea what that meant or looked like or I didn't have any money. So it's like, where am I going to get this money that I'm now buying this company? And like my mom's like, what have you done? And now you've really opened up Pandora's box and um, and it evolved. Yeah, it did. And, um, you know, that was uh, 15, well, 16 years ago at that point. And we figured it out. We worked it out yeah. and and you always do and you know that's it. when I started I didn't know what I was doing and I was surprised when you brought that up and um, and it was like okay so one one of the things that I had always said to myself in business and this is really pretty much in life um, if I'm not having fun if I'm not progressing then I'm not gonna do it and that moment in time, I think it was all of the things that you said. It was timing. It was fate. It was, I, I believe it was what was meant to be. Um, but at that time, I was tired. I'd been on the road for so long and fighting for so long, doing all of this and keeping it going. And think about it. I am 60 now. So I started it when I was 20. And it had been a long journey. And mm -hmm. But here was the most important part. I also saw that um, times were changing. You were the next generation. I have, I am of and was of a generation that technology was foreign. Right. It wasn't even interesting. I mean, I think we had computers. Who even knows at this point? Sure. You know. Yeah. Um, but I knew that no matter what my path was going forward, it had to include someone and someone really needed to take it that understood the world as it was today mm -hmm. and not the world that I grew up in and that I started my business in, but the world as it was today. Mm -hmm. And so with that conversation, that's what intrigued me the most is, um, you know, she's three. She is of <laughs> the right type of person that could actually take this company and run with it mm -hmm. and make it actually better, which is what I believe you have done. Mm -hmm. um, so that was in my mind. And then that's why I said, though, I want you to come and sit with me for like six months or whatever it was right. that we did. Yeah. And let me see what's what's going on and make sure that we're both comfortable. Absolutely. And I think the biggest you know challenge for me in, in part of doing this podcast is, is for people in the industry um, who 
you know, just because you're a model or an actor, who knows? We all started off in that mm-hmm. capacity and now sure. we're on the other side. So, you know, you have to kind of follow your passion in the industry. But I was, in my mind, the 12-year-old little girl mm-hmm. who was looking at Robert Black going, ah, you know, this is like, it was like this thing. And so here I am coming in and like going into your shoes in in the role and so so much that i learned and there were so many people that you were very well connected in the community obviously still are but at that time something that i wasn't i was 26 years old i I didn't know anybody i mean i had my college girlfriends i mean you know that kind of a thing so i didn't have any um of those types of relationships and that kind of foundation here and so you know i think a lot of that was who's this girl Mm-hmm. And, you know, where's Robert going? Because he's the figurehead. He's the Robert Black. He's the one that has done all of this. And now, like, here's this girl that's going to come in and sit here and tell us what to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. Sure. And I think that, I mean, that, that was years. Mm-hmm. There were years of that. And, I mean, it was like a struggle yeah. every day of like, okay, I have to prove myself. You have to prove yourself. I have got to show up every single day. I have got to hustle. I have got to learn these people. I'm I'm going to prove myself. <laughs> you guys watch out, you know, and that was part of it, the drive of it. Sure. Regardless of learning how to, you know, continue the business and, and the fi- finances of all of that. It was, it's a people business. Mm-hmm. It is a people business. And it's 100% about relationships. And so your relationships didn't necessarily have to be my relationships. There were some, I mean, and I'm speaking like community-wise sure. too. You know, I had to find my own way, my mm-hmm. own people that were gonna, you know, help um, open the doors for right. me and such. And so I think that for several of those years in the beginning, that was a, that was a big challenge for me because it was like, yeah. I'm not Robert and I know, and you know, there was that part because oh, sure. so many people had, um, you had launched so many people's careers and they had entrusted in you. And then it's like, where'd he go and who's she? And, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. So um, we're past that now. Oh, you're <laughs> way past that now. Thank goodness. Um, which is the good news. But, you know, even when I started, so when I very first opened, I had ad agencies call me and tell me that the the card that I'd sent out was horribly produced. I had clients yelling at me because a girl came with the wrong shade of nude pantyhose. Right. You know, I had all these crazy things that happened too. And, you know, at the end of the day, you could go, okay, I'm not doing this. This is insanity. Right. right. Um, but if you're really passionate about it, you're like, mm-hmm. you just pick it up and, and continue to go. And, mm-hmm. and what you faced, you had some good roots, obviously, mm-hmm. in the company, but you had to put your mark on it. Absolutely. It had to become yours. It had to feel like yours, mm-hmm. not mine, even though the name was there but it had to become yours. So it had to be trial and error and it had to be ups and downs. And, you know, I was disappointed that some relationships fell off um, for you Mm -hmm. from business because their loyalty wasn't there and it's like, okay, whatever. Um, We got past it. And I had admired your tenacity in, in working with them to try to pull it back right. up. Um, but that's the evolution of business, too. And mm-hmm. then I'm truly amazed at the clients that you have brought in that never even knew who this company was mm-hmm. or what it was about, you know. And and so you have been able to, to take it to the future and make it really your own legacy, mm-hmm. even though those names are attached to it. There they are. Yeah, I'm looking at them. <laughs> there they all are. Um, you know, and that part of it, I think, in... in um, in any of the business struggles, you know, there's, you've got, as a business owner, you have times when financially things are harder than others. You have employee issues. You may have, you know, the thing, all the things that you can't essentially control that happen, right? And I think that part of it, um, as I've learned to kind of separate that part and say, okay, 
this is the stuff I have to I have to handle internally with myself or with other people that I trust and I can speak to and the rest of it's gonna happen out there mm-hmm. you know the clients the models all of that um, but again we know one of the things as you've passed the torch to me and let's just say you know, in conjunction with the Ford name and you choosing that as something that you felt was on brand for you, one of the things that I've taken along with me is also the integrity mm-hmm. and the customer service and um, really being the same agency that it was, maybe in a different way, but it, it is about the integrity, the honesty, the, yes. you know, um, the communication, all of that, because mm-hmm. that at the end of the day is what, what it's about. It is, and it's incredibly important in this business because the business is a hard business. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the business as a whole entire entity, it's tough. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff in the media now that, that paints it in a very negative way. And that is a part of the business, but that's not the entire business. And mm-hmm. I think that the experience that you create is literally that. It's the experience you create. So mm-hmm. when you are honest, when you are loyal, when you are hardworking, um, and when you are driven and you are passionate, mm-hmm. you have no choice but but to have success. Sure. If you falter from any of that, then then that's where you're going to get into trouble. And that's from mm-hmm. an agent standpoint, um, a mom standpoint, a talent standpoint, a photographer standpoint. I sure. Mean, everybody in this industry just needs to keep uh, within those boundaries. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what you're up to today. <laughs> um, what am I up 15 to? 15 years so, later. Yeah, well, 10 years later now, I have a retail store. Okay. Um, which is 10 years old yep. um, this year. And, uh, you know, I did so many fashion shows back. So we were talking earlier about the backstage antics and fashion shows and things. Um, and I was always around designers and fashion. So, 10 years ago, one of my best friends, Doreen, and I, opted to open up a vintage clothing store. And it was uh, partially because we wanted something to do. She had a building to put it in. And um, we both loved history and we both loved fashion. And so we've created this business, which now has become uh, uh, kind of the mainstay of sustainable fashion for the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not really our intention when we started it. It was because we just enjoyed it. Um, But now it's become a part of the retail experience in the vintage world. Um, so 10 years later, we're still plugging along. We've got a beautiful store in downtown Scottsdale. Um, obviously, we're all going through the world crisis that we're going through right now. So right. we're all looking at how our business will change. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a brick and mortar, one of the last brick and mortars around, really. But mm-hmm. we'll continue it. But we are going you know, more social media and website and online and all that that everybody else does because that's kind of the change of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun. I still enjoy it. I look at beautiful things. I get to hire models. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I did my first Zoom TV segment uh, a couple of weeks ago while we were on lockdown. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. I still enjoy it. Well, and that, that, if I think back, was also a passion of yours. Because yeah. I remember in the very beginning, I was going out to a lot of these events. And it was like, oh, my God, what am I going to wear? Mm-hmm. Like, Robert, can you help me? Absolutely. And you, at the time, were collecting mm-hmm. these gowns and these this jewelry. And it was like, where are you? what are you doing with all this? Yeah. Like, why do you have this, you yeah. know? And with the intent, and you've kind of said that, with the intent that one day you'd sell some or this or that, or was part of your um, thrifting and mm-hmm. shopping and finding that. Um, and having those gowns, I mean, yeah. from your in your houses. Oh, absolutely. So in the, the, the personal side of it, we have two guest rooms, and one was... The boys guest room and one was the girls guest room and the girls guest room was full of vintage clothing and people would borrow it all the time and we had shelves with jewelry and things like that so it was fun for our friends that would visit um, but that's kind of the way my life has always been mm-hmm. i maybe haven't been smart enough to know that that was my intention 
but something drove me to do it that created the intention. You know, I, right. I didn't set out to be to do these little modeling side gigs to have an agency, but that's what path I was on. And the same with the retail store. You know, mm -hmm. we had we had this part of an experience in our life, but it was never the intention. Um, but that's just kind of the way my life goes. Mm -hmm. so. And you added your name to that business. And I added my name to that business as See, well. See, you're just branding away. I know, I know, <laughs> just branding away and, and eventually, you know, we'll see what else I add my name to. Hopefully mm -hmm. nothing else. I think I'm kind of done with that. For people who are listening who, um, you know, are trying to get into the industry today and you see it now from an, an outsider essentially, but knowing what you know from the industry um, as a model or an actor, what, what is your biggest advice? Um, know what you want. I'm going to use you as that example. Mm -hmm. Know what you want. There's, there's nothing, I, I realize that there's so many different ways to be famous in the world today, you mm -hmm. know, with social media in particular. Um, but know what you want. Do you want to make money? Do you want to be famous? Do you want to travel? Do you want a part-time job? What is it that you want? Don't mm -hmm. let the agent dictate that to you. That's great advice. Have, mm -hmm. a, a, have a path, have an idea of what it is, and then find the right person that can help you achieve those goals. And find out what your age, if you're interviewing with an agency, what their goals are for you. Sure. You know, so that you, you can establish a working, trusting relationship. Right. Um, but don't walk in going, I just want to be discovered. Well, what does that mean? Right. And today that's even more important as we tell so many models and we'll talk about it, you know, later on. It's you have to be something else today. Hmm. You cannot just say, I want to be a model. Right. It's like, okay, well, so does everybody else. And they're probably trying to be on Instagram or whatever it may be. You have to bring something else to the table mm -hmm. because the industry has become that much more competitive. Absolutely. And so the more you can offer, the more... Um, tricks and trade I mean all of those things that you have in 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 you know in your bag of tricks mm -hmm. the better you're gonna be oh I think so and, and you know if uh, because for the most part women start at a young age mm -hmm. in the industry to really develop a career um, in high school take theater take dance mm -hmm. doesn't matter if you think it's geeky remember Glee on TV it was mm -hmm. amazing yes. <laughs> as a show they're all very rich and famous now um, do things that are part of the industry. Learn makeup. Take some makeup classes. Mm -hmm. Take some hair classes. Whatever it is, make yourself more valuable mm -hmm. to an agency. Good advice, Robert. You're yeah. still giving good advice. I'm still there. <laughs> I can still think. 30 years later. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. It has Absolutely. been an awesome um, recap. And um, I think all of our um, listeners will surely enjoy and hope that they are going to subscribe. I hope so.